The magic sauce of a business owner is the ability to look at a problem and to see a solution. And when you're burnt out, all you can see is your feet pedaling, all the things you're doing wrong, all the things that are falling apart. Your mindset, it's constantly negative. You're making mistakes, your concentration, your memory is shot. You can feel either highly wired up and tense or extremely exhausted. Sleep is impacted. Exhaustion is one of the biggest hallmarks of burnout. That's probably when you want to go through a bit of a checklist <laughs> and see how are you actually traveling. Welcome to Getting to the Heart of Business, brought to you by The Online Co, where we believe the best way to help small and medium businesses grow is by putting people first. I'm James Parnwell, and this episode is part two in a series where we talk to psychologist and burnout expert, Valerie Ling. If you caught our last episode, you would have heard Valerie talking about her lifelong knack for starting businesses and new enterprises. If you missed it, go back and listen because it's brilliant. You'll hear how she built what is now her thriving and innovative psychology practice called the Centre for Effective Living. But today we dive into Valerie's area of expertise, which is burnout recovery and prevention. She spent years helping burnt out leaders, including business people. The things that Valerie talks about in this episode are really close to my heart. When I first suffered my burnout, it was my first understanding of what mental illness even was. I didn't know what depression or anxiety were, and they kind of hit me out of the blue. Uh, they were really debilitating for myself and for my family. And what I hope the information in this podcast does is to bring you some awareness and some knowledge to see that perhaps you're not functioning at your best, or perhaps someone in your world isn't functioning at their best. I would really love to hear that this episode has made a difference in someone's life and has maybe saved you from some of the pain that I've been through and some of the pain that Valerie's been through. You're about to hear her share some wonderful advice for anyone who feels that they've got nothing left in the tank, as well as a list of really practical steps we can all take starting today to prevent burnout in the first place. So would you mind sharing a little of your burnout journey through that? Yeah, so 2009, I think, was the first bit. I'm studying, I'm working, I'm having kids, um, I'm a pastor's wife. Look, it's nobody's fault. There are two things in the burnout mindset. Number one is you're usually quite driven um, yeah. and you're usually quite over-responsible. And so you put those two things and it's called unrelenting standards, right? Yeah. Uh, they're up there and, and it's never good enough. It keeps going up and up and up. And mostly people in, if we're talking about business owners, they also have high drive, high capacity. So you put energy, high energy, high capacity, unrelenting standards. The battery never, like, never gets recharged. You just keep going. Yeah. And the other element is, and this is more in the people industries, um, they'd be the ones where you tend to self-sacrifice as well. Right? You don't want to take leave because you worry about your staff or you worry about your clients. Um, and so you don't attend to your own needs. So I had the perfect storm of all of those identities in 2009. I'm running hard. I'm caring for, for a lot of people. And I just don't know how to get out of it or what to do. And I was exhausted. And, and how did that outwork itself day to day? Did you get up and just the world looked bleak and everything was like a grind? There's a kind of greyness to life. Yeah, there's a kind of hopelessness that sets in. 
Um, and, and that's also on top of the miscarriage during that time. Okay. You know, there's a real sense of I'm losing myself. Who am I? Um, I'm not here for the kids, really. It's a bit robotic. I'm really, really lonely. And nobody actually really knows what's going on. This is an awful thing to say in public, but I think it's okay to say it as few years ago. There were days when I'd look at someone and think, that's gas. It's <laughs> <laughs> electricity. Yeah. But you know what? That was also a sign of burnout. That is one of the signs of burnout. I have this memory of a client walking in saying that I looked terrible. Yeah, that was not sustainable. And, uh, you know, you catastrophize and you get anxious yeah. and you get down on yourself. And then your relationships suffer as well because you withdraw, right? You, you just come into yourself and you pull away. And when I look at the photos of myself then, I think there's a sense of feeling like this is it. You're like, this is all there is to life. You just keep going like this. There's no joy. Joy you know? is gone. Yeah. And even as I'm thinking about it and I'm thinking about those photos, it's all black and white. Like it's just shades of gray. Yeah. Mm. Um, I really appreciate you sharing that. And one of the big motivations to get you on the podcast is to talk about burnout mm. because it's so common amongst business people. And if listening to this podcast can prevent one person from going into burnout, if they can identify some signs mm. and, and turn around before they mm. hit that wall. I've gone through two burnouts, so I, I understand exactly how you feel. Mm. And I would love to help prevent that in other people. You've, you've described how you felt in this situation and you've described some of the triggers, unrelenting standards, push, push, drive, drive, uh, putting other people first and not refilling the battery, mm. not refilling the tank. Um, are there any other early warning signs that you would recommend to, for people to look out for? Absolutely. So your thought life, your mindset, you know, the degree to which it's really constantly negative and critical and hopeless and they're intrusive, meaning, you know, they're waking you up from sleep. You can't sleep. Um, it's very restless sleep. Some of the behaviors would be you're making mistakes, your concentration, your memory is shot, really. Um, you can feel either highly wired up and tense or you can feel extremely exhausted. Exhaustion, yeah, tiredness. and so Physical and mental oh, exhaustion? Absolutely, yeah. physical, mental. And then you can't, you lose that ability to think creative. If I'm thinking about business owners, mm. you really lose that. The, the magic source of a business owner is the ability to look at a problem and to see a solution 10 years ahead right. <laughs> and go that way. And when you're burnt out, all you can see is your feet pedaling, all the things you're doing wrong all the things that are falling apart. You know, that myopic view, that's really detrimental to a business owner. It sucks the life out of us. So the, one of the things I'm really passionate about putting a flag up to is to say that burnout really does lie on a continuum to depression and anxiety. And so a lot of what I've just said, that is some of the thing of depression. So, you know, when it gets to the point where those thoughts escalate to things of Wanting to hurt yourself, harm yourself, fatigue, just take me out, right? Just, yeah. just exit right now. That's when it's probably progressing now. And, and it's not just about work. It's all of life. You lose the spark and the joy and the hope of being a human being 
a brother, a sister, a mother, mm. a father. You know, all of those identities then get swallowed. It's not just your work identity. Yeah. That's probably a little bit more heading in the depressive space. So what we know at this point in time is that emotional exhaustion, physical exhaustion, real fatigue is probably one of the biggest hallmarks of the burnout piece. You know, at that point where you're waking up exhausted, sleep is impacted. Um, yeah. That's probably when you probably want to go through a bit of a checklist <laughs> and see how are you actually traveling. So there's a checklist online called the K10 self-assessment. Yeah, the is that K-10, a good place to start? Yeah. So in terms of depressive and, and anxiety-based symptoms, uh, K10 is a good start. Anything on the Black Dog Institute, um, you can also find some self-assessments. Burnout is not too different from those set of symptoms. So you might go through the K10 and not be in a significant range for depression. However, you might be actually on the burnout spectrum, which is maybe a little bit lower down, if that makes sense. It may not have impacted the rest of your life, but when you think about your work or your job, your clients, it's like, oh. You're talking about a spectrum there, and and I guess I'm hoping that people who are on the path down uh, can maybe recognize that and and get on the path back up before they hit hit rock bottom. Oh, yeah. The number of times I do a talk or a seminar and people come and find me after and go, I just did not realize that that's what it was. Absolutely. The physical stuff, your sleep, your energy, the concentration, the making mistakes, the withdrawing from work, looking at it and go, impacted sense of confidence all of that those are indicators that you could be burning out go get okay. yeah so what's the next step like somebody's listening to this going hmm i think that's me what what yeah. steps should they start to take to get out yeah so of course i would always say seek professional help the first really great step to take is to find someone you trust and you love who knows you well and ask them have you noticed any changes lately, <laughs> right? Because it's often those people that bring people into my view or into the practice. It's in the burnout stage, okay, yeah. because you're just peddling. This is just what you know is normal. And it's usually a friend or a relative or someone that says, go and talk to someone, you know, <laughs> this yeah. is not normal. So I would say that's probably quite a good start point. And then you really need to be open to listen to what they say. Yes. Actually, you look exhausted. I haven't heard you talk about anything fun in a long time. I haven't heard you laugh. You don't laugh anymore. In a long time. Right. Listen there first. And then, you know, you can speak to a professional because I would highly recommend making sure that it hasn't progressed. I talk about it like dental plug, you know. Okay. Those of us who, who are in business and we're high achievers, we train ourselves not to feel pain. Yeah. Keep going. So it's a bit like dental plug. You probably don't even notice when you have a bit of a toothache. You just think, oh, yeah, that's normal, right? So I would talk to a professional just to make sure. Now, I have uh, six things in my life which I do regularly, and the people who know and care about me will tell me um, which of your six R's are you going to use? Is this a good time to share that? Of course. Yeah, I really believe in it because it's kind of what I researched and decided here's the magic source, the six R's. <laughs> the first thing you got to do, of course, is rest. Now, James, if I say rest, what immediately comes to your mind? Uh, well, sleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, then um, some sort of rec- recreation, doing something I enjoy. Mm-hmm. Something I like. Uh, 
uh, yeah, so for me, that's things like watching sport. I enjoy mm-hmm. cooking, mm. um, hanging out with the kids, mm. swimming, all those sorts of things. I really like that. Um, a lot of people say sleep, and sleep is not in that R. Right. For me. Sleep is so basic. <laughs> it's further it down sleep. Maslow's hierarchy, it's, right? <laughs> it's like when someone says, oh, what's a good diet to have? It's like, well, drink water. Oh, really? Yeah. That's the basic, basic stuff. Yeah. So sleep <laughs> is essential. Um, those of us who are in business, we actually really don't know rest. But your answer tells me that you have thought about, you know, uh, recharge and replenish. That's what I talk about, right? So you want to be able to stop during your day. Train yourself. That's why I was waiting for you um, or uh, Claire outside my house with a cup of coffee because I decided I need to sit down. I haven't had Mm. my sit down point, right? You do a vocational rest is something I talk about, which is hobbies, things for fun, pleasure, Yeah. right? So you, you take your tools, your skills, your abilities into a plane where it's fun. Yes. Then I talk about the hard stops. All of my team have submitted their annual leave from the beginning of the year. It's a must. Everybody, you're accountable now for that hard stop. And then there are the mid stops. So I was talking before, earlier, before you came, James, about personal retreats. Yes. Right. So it's about being able to stop. It's being able to feed yourself with things that are enjoyable And it's also planning out in the year when you're actually going to have a hard stop, no emails, no phone, nothing to do with business or work. Yeah. So that's the first R. That's rest. Yeah. The next most important one, and my executive assistant actually sent me a message yesterday (laughs) to remind me. (laughs) I'm glad you have someone like that in your (laughs) life. Because she could detect the levels of like reactive energy (laughs) is reflect. Mm. Right. You got to pause. And ask yourself, what am I thinking and feeling at the moment? And before our interview today, I was really anxious. So I actually had to take a time to reflect and figure out what is that? What am I worried about? Right. What am I grateful for? Um, What are the things that are actually going okay? Hmm. Right. What are the celebrations? So you got to take some time to reflect. The next one is reconnect. Now. We're really not good at this when we're business owners because they all usually all have a purpose. (laughs) You're either meeting with someone for a job or networking with someone or doing the family thing because that's what you got to do. But you need to reconnect with people for fun. Yeah. You gotta reconnect with old friends, you gotta reconnect with your mentors and coaches. So having that full view of who are the people in your world that know you as James and Valerie, not just yeah. director. Right? Yeah. So reconnect. Then you gotta replenish. This is where sleep comes in. <laughs> um, you've got to eat right. You've got to sleep well. You've got to hydrate well because your body can't do what it needs to do. Your mind goes foggy because it doesn't have what it needs. So you've got to replenish yourself. Then you've got to resource yourself and restore. Now, these two, they're really in the work end of things. Resource yourself is constantly asking the question, is what I'm doing out of a sense of obligation, expectation and duty? Is there a simpler way to do this? Can I delegate this? Can I completely delete this? Yes. Just stop it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't need to do that. Like, 
why am I even doing that? So you've got to think about how you can resource yourself in the way that you're doing things. And the final thing is restore. Restore is about not just knowing why you do what you do. That's pretty big, right? You can read Simon Sinek and everybody's about your why. I'm more and more thinking about who are you becoming? Right, 15, 20 years down the line, are you going to look back and see a prune, a shriveled up raisin (laughs) with nothing left to give? Or are you going to see yourself in a space of being completely in joy with people saying, man, it's been a great life. Right. So who are you becoming? You need to take time on a regular basis to ask these questions, because then you can really say, no, I don't think I will do that. Or actually, I think I'm just going to let that one rest for six months. Yeah. So those are my six R's. Okay. So those six R's we need to put in the show notes. Or do you have a do you have yes. a blog with that on your website? I have a blog. Like I have a little mini book as well. It's called my burnout prevention plan. Google it. It should be on most platforms. It's an ebook. Great. So I'm conscious that some people are in business and they're doing it tough. Uh, they're losing money or they're not making money at all. And mm. then the idea that they go and see a psychologist just looks like something that's very expensive. Mm. And so then the temptation is, well. I won't go and get help. I'll just suffer along for my bank mm-hmm. account's sake. But there's government subsidies and there's some things that they can do to, to you know, to radically bring the cost mm-hmm. of this down. Can you mm-hmm. tell us some of those options? Yeah, we're really blessed in Australia. So the Medicare Mental Health Care Plan is a scheme that actually now provides 20 rebated sessions in a calendar year. You will need to see your family doctor or your treating uh, doctor to yep. see if you qualify. Most people who are in that burnout space will probably qualify for it because they're not doing so so great. And that provides you with a rebate for your sessions with your psychologist. Also, a lot, of, a lot of private health insurance, particularly during the time of the pandemic, really came to the party with rebates yeah. as well. It's really worth having a conversation with your private health insurer as to what they're offering as well. And that way you can have your Medicare sessions and you can also have your private health rebates. And that's quite a lot of sessions. In my experience, the earlier you get in, the better the prognosis for recovery is, yeah, right. So absolutely, you might as well just get going. Yeah. So you're you're potentially digging yourself a hole and getting back out of it. Depends on the depth of the hole you've dug. Absolutely. And a lot of times people ask me, "Can I get out of this myself?" And I'm like, "No." No, that's absolutely because you know why. A lot of times you don't even know when you started drowning. <laughs> yeah. and so you, yeah. you you won't be able you, you to connect the dots you need help yeah you, you you need to dispense with that idea absolutely go and speak with someone well valerie i'd really like you to give people that are you know in the the burnout phase mm. you know a sense of hope what's the future look like for them it's funny you know i when I went burnt out in 2009, I wrote a book called Losing Sammy. It's under the name of Valerie Ting. If anybody wants to find that, it was about my miscarriage. And years later, I've often thought about I should write a book called Finding Valerie. Right. Because, you know, I absolutely believe you can. It's not just about recovering like symptom stabilization or symptom reduction. It's being reborn. It's being able to go, ah, okay, with this in place and this in place and this in place, right? I can actually see things differently. Like when you put a pair of glasses on, um, I see things differently now. 
I know myself a little bit better. I know some of the reasons why I might get into that hole again. And I can actually say, oops, coming too close there. I need to do this. So I think it's, it is recovery. More importantly, it is about a redirection and a re-energizing of yourself and rediscovering of yourself. And it's not realistic to say that you will always be happy and you will always be peppy. <laughs> that no. doesn't happen, but that's normal. That is normal. I think by getting help, what you discover is that reaching for help means that people are with you on the journey together. You discover a community of people that get it and understand it. And you also discover things that were not good for you. Get rid of some of that toxic stuff, some of the toxic relationships, the toxic thoughts and thinking that you might have held on for too long. And you learn that, um, you know, how to sleep, how to eat, how to exercise, do all of those things that are really important in a way, and this is important, that is respectful to you, right? That's respectful to you. You're not going to run a marathon. I'm not going to run a marathon. Maybe you are. Why, why <laughs> tell yourself that that's the exercise? No, yeah. You know, that's part of the virus that's in us. That's the unrelenting standard saying, Absolutely. oh, I need to run. Yeah. Great. 42 kilometers. Yeah. You know, now <laughs> I say, let's go for a walk or let's just move every now and again yeah. <laughs> and you go hey what a, that's that was great <laughs> i loved that i can do this if i'm hearing you correctly it's more than like if you if you get a cold and you feel sick you want to get better and you kind of want to get back to where you were right mm. you kind of go from you know i'm at a five out of ten i went down to a two and i want to get up to a five there's really a sense that you can actually get up to a six like out of this awfulness mm. you can actually grow and become a greater person and, and often new seasons new relationships new things are actually born out of the ashes of that that trauma well it's funny that you use the word trauma there is a body of research that talks about post-traumatic growth and so right. that's the idea and sometimes it can feel like it's really minimizing sometimes when i say this people feel like how dare you like you know why would you say that what we've been through is really awful and i'm like that's not to minimize post-traumatic stress or things bad things that happen you know post-traumatic growth is this ability to say to yourself i acknowledge my suffering yeah it's real it's real that happened it is happening now i can ask myself the question what's really important let go of those thoughts valerie let go of those relationships valerie right put back this in people who love you um practices that are honoring to your body and yourself right things that bring you joy they don't have to be big things the little things no you know just patting teddy my cavoodle you know wow and so Post-traumatic growth is about getting a greater sense of, uh, of a spiritual awareness. And that's not necessarily about religion. That's about a sense of what really matters. You know, a lot of people find purpose. They, they start to advocate for, for things or they get involved in the community for things that are important to them. They think really about the relationships that are nurturing and nourishing right? They get a sense of, you know, what are the things that I actually want to, if I've only got this many more years on this earth, what do I want to do? Because mm. that's post-traumatic growth. And it doesn't at all minimize the suffering no. or the hardship. It just, it brings you into the space of saying, you know, what comes after this? Yeah, this hope. This life. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Thank you for your wisdom. I um, have really enjoyed the conversation and particularly optimistic that people who are in a difficult headspace 
uh, will see some signs and be able to make some decisions to help themselves and just bring a lot more joy back into their lives and their family and their loved ones. So thank you for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me. That was Valerie Ling. You can find out more about her work at ValerieLing.com. Her surname is spelt L-I-N-G. She and her team of psychologists work at the Centre for Effective Living in Sydney. Head to EffectiveLiving.com.au. She also has a podcast called Dr Burnout. Now, she mentioned a whole stack of resources. We're going to put them in the show notes so you can just click through and access all of that free stuff. With me is my co-host, Jess Caluso. Um, I, I don't think there's a there's not a business owner on earth that hasn't experienced stress. No way, no way. Uh, it's just a fact of life. Yeah. But burnout is, a, is something a bit more than a bad day. Yeah. It's a deeper thing. Now, prior to working for the Online Co., you ran your own agency. I did, yep. How was that? What did you find most difficult or most stressful in that? Yeah, so I, I ran my agency for about five years. Um, and, you know, you mentioned at the, at the start, James, you hope that this episode helps at least one person. And I have to say this episode has been a real, a real wake-up call for me personally. Um, the time when I had my agency, it was, it was good. I really enjoyed running my agency. I started out as a solo entrepreneur. I grew it, had a small team of people working for me. It was really good. And then I got to a point where I was on a hamster wheel. And I was on that hamster wheel for two years. And there, there are so many things that Valerie has said, uh, which are you know, clear identifiers for people who are on burnout. And looking back and reflecting on that time that I had my agency, I, I, I realized that I was burnt out and I didn't know it. Right. And I remember when I made the decision to sell my agency, get out of it, my mother-in-law said to me something that really, um, really hit me. And she said, I haven't been able to talk to you for the last two years. Wow. I thought, holy moly, is that, is that who I've become? She mm. said, you, you know, you're always stressed, you're always on your laptop, you're always this, you're always that. And I thought, holy, holy moly. <laughs> <laughs> like, wow. Yeah. And it was- And you it, didn't know. I didn't realise. I didn't realise. I think people were trying around me were trying to tell me and trying to help me, but I didn't. Um, I didn't allow them to. I, I felt like I had the answers, and it was okay. I could manage. I could manage. I could manage. Uh, in reality, I wasn't managing that well. And now I think I'm. I'm through it. I'm coping. I'm moving forward, which is really good. Mm. Um, but yeah, I don't think there's a business owner on earth that hasn't suffered from high stress and I think this is a great episode for people to have a listen to and to maybe use it as a marker for them in their business to stop and reflect and think am I just stressed is it just one bad day or is this a lot of bad days yeah so um, you talked about the hamster wheel yeah you were, you were feeling stuck yep and you were working hard I was working and you was, weren't making progress I felt like I was just working 24 7 and like business was good it was it was doing fine but it wasn't moving forward it wasn't getting anywhere yeah. where i wanted so then it to you go felt purposeless and then yeah you just you just feel stuck i didn't know where to go next yeah. where should should i focus on this aspect of the business or that aspect where do i go next i didn't know what the answer was yeah and i yeah i suspect there's a lot of people who are in the same situation 
And I suppose, yeah, listening to, to Valerie, the, the best thing to do is get, get some advice, reach out to people. Yeah, and, and mm. absolutely. Well, I mean, I've sadly, I've burnt out twice. Yeah. And Valerie's conversation for me was an, a reminder, a really helpful <laughs> reminder. Yeah. It's been some years now. But a real wake-up call to go, hey, what's going on in my life now? What is it that I need to change? Um, I see a counsellor once every three months, whether mm. I need it or not. I also see my chiropractor. Once every <laughs> three. It's the same thing. I'm looking after my back and I'm looking after my mind. Mm, yeah. But prior to my first burnout, I didn't even know what depression was. Mm. I just thought that was life. I just thought you'd have miserable stages. And, th- and that's probably what a lot of people think, right? You think, oh, this is just how it is. Yep. Things are hard. I should, I yep, just life should sucks. accept it. And Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. Mm. It turns out there's a lot you can do. And um, there's a couple of points Valerie said but one is that there's hope Mm. it's not this is not the end you're not destined to be miserable (laughs) Uh, there are absolutely ways to deal with it the other idea was the spectrum idea that you might not be burnt out but you might be on the path to being burnt out Mm. Uh, so maybe you're halfway down and that you can stop it and arrest it now you can do something about that I, I love it when she talked about being a uh, you know, burnt-out raisin or, a, sorry, a shriveled raisin. raisin. <laughs> Before you get completely shriveled up, you can stop. There's things you can do. I also had people tell me, oh, there was a season in your life where you didn't just didn't talk. Mm. Um, there's years of my life that I don't really remember. Yeah. And uh, there's a lot of sadness that I feel like there's chunks of my life that just went missing. And... Um, I think if you're entrepreneurial, you have a lot of ideas, you're also disciplined, hardworking, you can absolutely just drive yourself into the ground. And there's every chance you can achieve all the things you hope and dream and be functional, <laughs> working well and, and great to be around at the same time. And and some people are potentially listening to this going, well, that's never been me. And and my wife, April, she's just never come close. She's just yeah. wired so differently to me. But she she knows me and she can see it in me. So if you're listening to this going, oh, I know someone, if you can think of a way to politely suggest to them like, like your mother-in-law did, hey, have a listen to this or here's something that could be helpful or, you know, I love you enough to say here's a warning. Here's yeah, a- and, maybe, and maybe that's it. Maybe as as entrepreneurs, we do need to really listen to the people who are closest to us, as as in your case with April. You know, she could come to you now and, and say, hey, James, I, th- I think you're heading down a path that we need to yeah. divert you off. Maybe we do need to open up and, and listen a little bit more or be m- a bit more willing to listen sometimes. So, James, you mentioned that you see a psychologist once every three months as well as your chiropractor. (laughs) What other tips do you have for sort of managing stress now? Well, I don't want to pretend I'm an expert, but I can only sort of talk humbly from my own experience. Some of the things I've done is go out and find some hobbies, things that I can do that I'm potentially not terrific at and have no real purpose other than just recreation and, and refreshing. I'd love to know what these hobbies are. <laughs> oh, well, cooking's one. Oh, that's right. You're yeah. a bit of a barbecue man. Yeah, I like barbecuing, but curries and all sorts of things, that's that's one of them. I love reading books, going to the beach, camping, some of those things. Yeah. Also, eating cleanly was a big thing. I really okay. saw a mental shift when I changed my diet. 
consistent exercise without turning the whole exercise thing into being a hardcore monster. Mm-hmm. So allowing myself to go for a walk, but also maybe doing a, a run that where I really push myself as well, but not being not being hardcore about it. And I yeah. think with business, yeah. this is what we do. We get very hardcore. I've got this goal. I've got this dream. I'm going to chase it. So I'm trying not to turn other things into that. Also putting strict boundaries about times when I do work and times when I don't. So when I work, I work pretty hard. But when I stop, then it's family time, rest time, doing other things. I know some people can do the always on thing. I've proved to myself twice, sadly, that I'm just not wired that way. Then I just guess my weekends are weekends. It's time with the kids. It's time with April. Yeah, going and having I, coffees or whatever it is we do that we enjoy. I feel like that separation of work life and home life is probably one of the best tips and takeaways for myself, like to make sure that the weekend is the weekend. Mm. We're not working 24-7 and the things that you get joy out of, it's important to stop and actually enjoy those things. Yeah. So with that, love you to come and join us on the Facebook group. Type Getting to the Heart of Business into Facebook. Uh, we'll be discussing this there. And also share this episode with someone who you think will be helpful for. Coming up next week, you'll meet two women who once had dreams of getting full-time jobs and a pay packet, but when they graduated from uni, the jobs just weren't there. So they created them by starting their own business. Some of you will be nodding your heads right now going, yeah, me too. Cara Fascolo and Amanda Saman run a business called Active Ability, doing incredible work with people with intellectual and mental disabilities. Their story is very inspiring and very relatable. This episode of Getting to the Heart of Business was brought to you by The Online Co., produced by Claire Bruce, music by Harry Parnwell. You can find us at theonlineco.net.